Ready? Hi, welcome to Rhythm and Pixels Video Game Music Podcast, Episode 7-5. We're your hosts. My name is Rob Nichols. And I might be Pernell. And every week we get together, we hang out, and we listen to video game music from every system, every genre, and just about every um, you know decade or, or uh, generation. Right? We don't we don't discriminate. We just appreciate. And every timeline, he forgot that. Every timeline, <laughs> we go all in for this thing. We'll even do the uh, the alternate timelines. That's right. <laughs> I like that. So when Nintendo was not a publisher, but instead their other younger brother, you know, y- Yamatu or something, or <laughs> Yamtendo, not yeah. the family computer, just the father computer, the father computer, <laughs> like Yamtendo. I'm imagining like a like a big potato type thing <laughs> with some diodes and <laughs> yeah, to totally. It. Um, yeah. So if, if you're listening to the show, I mean, you know, you get the deal. We're just gonna hang out. We're gonna listen to some tunes, um, and also. It's Monday. This show comes out every Monday, but we're recording on Friday, so we're sending you positive Friday vibes for your Monday. That's right, and if you feel as though we're kind of cheating the system here because clearly it's Monday and we've missed the weekend, mm. well, a good thing for you, another weekend is right around the corner, so... It's, it's on the way. It's on the way. And to get you there is today's topic, arcade shoot 'em ups which has some of the best, most energetic music, I, I think, ever. And I also think that Rob picked this topic as a sort of challenge to what I said last week about, well, <laughs> if you don't like it so much, pick your own topic. And, and, yes. <laughs> and then he chose this one, which is a weakness of mine. But, hey, cha-cha, I can roll with some punches. No big deal, you yeah. know. It's how I fly. So we're so. going to dig into arcade shoot-em-ups. So vertical scrolling, side scrolling, if it's flying and it's exploding, we're going to play it. And it's most likely within, or at least has some time of time in the arcade. Yes, either overseas or here. Doesn't that's have. important. Uh, that it had an arcade release, and we're going to be playing the music um, from the arcade releases. Yeah, so yeah. Get that. The arcade. Oh music. man, no, that's all right. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. So how about how about we get started um, with some tracks, Pernell? What you got? What, 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 why gotta be about me? What, 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 what? what? <laughs> ah, who am I kidding? I could start this. No, I'm, excited, I'm excited to, to hear uh, uh, what you brought to the table. Well, first track I'm gonna go with here, and I think I think by choosing of my tracks, you'll see that I kind of cheated a little, but we'll get to that. Um, the first track is from a game that I don't know too many people might have heard of. It's called Air Buster, um, and it is the track for the stage round four called Out of Gravity. And it's composed by Tatsuya Watanabe.
Upside down, inside out, you're out of gravity. <laughs> well, that's a weird way to come back. But that is the name of the track, and it's from the game Airbuster, composed by Tatsuya Watanabe. Uh, this game was created by a company that I don't think a lot of people know of these days because they haven't been around in ages, called Kanako. Kanako, uh, yeah. And was, I think it was distributed by Namco, or published by Namco? Yeah. And uh, it hit arcades in 1990, but we didn't get that game over here in that form. But we did get the um, Turbo Graphics release, which is called Aero Blasters. And oh, that's how I know about yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, I know that one. So that's my cheat trick. I am pulling games I have to play <laughs> at home, but originally hit the arcade. No, and I didn't get a chance to touch them. Um, but memory of this game is surprisingly fast and loose. Like I don't have a ton of it. I just know you were a random, like a, like a weird, like pointy ship, and you had like three colored icons, which is kind of funny when you think about it. I feel like a lot of shooters had the three weapon choice items. Yeah, and they were always green, blue, or like either <laughs> orange or red color. Yeah. So, and this game definitely followed suit. So it was. Honestly, pretty fun. Like, I had a lot of fun playing it back in the day, and the level I mainly remember is just the first stage, which is called Seaside, which is like you're like basically flying over a city, it's blue sky, giant ship comes down, but somehow you blow it up in like nanoseconds with your bullets. Big boss, not really. Um, but it is a game that I honestly, if I weren't having such a busy week, I was intending to go back and play it just like so be like, oh, I haven't played this in ages, but I'm probably going to do it post episode just because, yes. It needs to happen. It needs so. to happen. Yeah, these these games are, are a lot of fun, and they, I, I go way back with these things. So I play them a lot, and I'm not good at them. <laughs> it's so hard to be good at them. I don't know. There was a period back during the gun. What was it? The Gigawing, Gigawing games. Yeah, I played a lot of that. But first, I want I want to play a game, right? So um, there's different types of, of shoot 'em ups. Like it's usually like you're flying in space, right? Mm-hmm. Or um, or you're or it's like weird like World War II planes fighting like robots, right? Okay. Or it's fantasy, like um, you're like a, a princess of like a bug kingdom, like Mushihime-sama. Okay. Or it's a cute 'em up, and you're like a little girl riding a broomstick. Oh, those are the good ones. I those love are great. Cute-em-ups. Okay. So um, in this game, uh, Purnell is flying around. Hey, now we're talking. All right, so now what enemies would be would Pernell be facing? Like, what are the small little like little enemies that you'd explode? If I was the shooting character, yeah, exactly. Most likely, weird negative thoughts that come up and like take weird, sh- like crazy shapes and forms. Okay, I could just picture like crazy, like for example, like I don't like cooking dinner tonight. I'm so lazy and tired. So like, <laughs> a negative thought would be. This amalgamation of a blender-handed demon that shoots knives that got stuck in the blender. <laughs> it's like dugga, 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 dugga. that'd be pretty awesome. Um, or like it could be something like you know, obviously everyone has like dating anxiety issues and stuff, so it could be okay. like a crazy like weird like s- circular object with arms and heads coming out of all the sides, and they're all <laughs> saying and yelling different comments at you, and their word and their word bubbles attack you when they shoot them when they start speaking to you. So you took my meta game and like made it meta meta. Oh yeah, man! <laughs> I don't joke around when it comes to game design. Like, oh points. no, wait, 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 wait! Let's let's take like emotions, and those will be your enemy. <laughs> I can tell you right now, I can't code for crap. But if I ever were sitting down, like let's develop a game. See, I was thinking like, you know, like, ooh, like cups of coffee spinning around and you fly around and shoot the cups of coffee. Oh, no, that's <laughs> no, I, that's the power-up. Uh, okay. The coffee would be the power-up. Okay, no, no, yeah, yeah, I like that. You get the power-up. And right. I got to dodge the soda because 
Christ, I don't want to drink soda anymore, but I want to. <laughs> Dodge the sodas. All right, so um, we'll, we'll think about that more into our next track. So my my uh, my first track of the day is we're going to the the, the um it's the fourth the fourth game in the series of the Grandpappy of Bullet Hell Games. <laughs> the Grandpappy. I thought the game was called the Grandpappy. Series. It's called Grandpappy's Bullet Hell. No, <laughs> that's a weird way to introduce a song. Dodge the old folks home. Okay, it's uh, developed by Cave. It's called Dudon Pachi Dai O Jiao Black Label. <laughs> wow, that's yeah, a, it's name. a lot. It's a lot. Um, it's in the the, uh, the Don Pachi series, um, and this is from the Extra OST. So this is the um, arranged extra version of East Asia Stage One, and it sounds exactly like the original Stage One, but it's just kind of cleaned up, so you can hear all the instruments. It took a shower and a shake. <laughs> it took a shower and a shake. Just cleaned it up, took all all the edges off. Honestly, it really did. There's there's vocal samples. So listen for the vocal samples. It's composed by Manabu Namiki who did a lot of the music for the games developed by Cave. So check it out.
You're listening to Stage One East Asia from Dudan Pachi Dai O Jiao Black Label Extra OST, uh, composed, produced by Manabu Namiki in 2002, um, developed by Cave. Pronounce me cracking up. I gotta know what's going on. Well, <laughs> I hate this. Okay, so. Well, earlier, like before the track was picked, of course, Rob made that comment about <laughs> yeah. of the grandparents <laughs> here's games. Yeah. So during the tracks playing, I'm listening to the music, I'm enjoying it, but at the same time, I'm like, what if there really was a grandpappy shooter? And I started writing down certain oh, things. No. Like, um, well, for one, oh. each level would be like take place in a certain area of the of the of the gold man's neighborhood or like the old folks' home. And he would his attack would be dentures. He picks up dentures. And he can either bite down with the dentures for close combat, or he can spit teeth from the dentures <laughs> as a projectile. But he eventually runs out of teeth, so he just becomes gummy and has a weakened attack power. He can what? use his cane to reflect bullets. And if he gets another pair of dentures before he runs out of teeth, he gets to uh, he gets to upgrade the dentures to a higher level, so they become like fanged. Dentures. Oh, I like that. Yeah, yeah, like super dentures. Super dentures. It's at a the, super denture bomb. At the end of every level, he has to fight one relative who wants him to die so they can collect his inheritance. <laughs> and if he beats them, he gets to take a nap. And that's how our level ends. Okay. His health comes in the form of pills and vitamins that he has to collect throughout the stage. Oh my God. And his health constantly drains throughout the level, so he has to keep picking up the pills and vitamins because he needs them through his daily routine. You know, you have to take the pills. And of course, enemies in general could be things like, you know, people like to take it, you know, take it, it be anything from like memories that you lost from Alzheimer's to, you know, just people like to take advantage of seniors, like you know, you know, vacuum salesmen or <laughs> stain stain salesmen, you know, stain treatment. Hey, old man, you know. <laughs> I'm just letting you go. This is great. It would be hilarious. Like I'm just sitting here, like I can write all this crazy stuff down, and every once in a while, his grandkids can pop up. They might come up hitting in the levels if you find the grandchild. You can either go oh, on like bonus that. stage. Yeah, yeah, it's like um, I mean, you're fighting towards them, and they come up and they give you like special items. Yeah, it'd be like, great, Grandpa. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and then the special hidden grandkids can take you to the bonus stages where you just kind of frog with the kid and you pick up frisbees. And oh, that's hilarious. Take to the store. Well, I was when you said uh, um, we were talking about like a game where you actually with with the grandpappy. Have you, have you seen the um, the cover art for the game Phalanx? For the Super Nintendo. Wait, is that the game with the banjo yeah, man? Yeah, yeah, but like, it has nothing to do with the guy with the banjo. <laughs> that was, to me, that's an example of both bad and good marketing because, on one hand, well, that cover is why I never bought the game because I had no idea what I was oh. getting into. But that cover is also why people like you and I can st- will still talk about still it today. Talk about it. Yeah, yeah. And we remember it. It's such a great soundtrack, too. Um, excellent. Actually, that kind of goes along with um, some later tracks that we're going to talk about today. Weird ass, like, Artwork for games that were ported to America came over to America, and the and the publisher was like, "Nah, let's take away all the weird Japanese stuff and make it weird, weird." Oh, if you picked a track from that, that looked. Oh, oh, wait, oh, I think you did. Oh, I did. So. Anyway, we'll get into that. So, um, just real quick, um, this I called this like one of the first uh, manic shooter games because the um, the first games, the first this game was developed by Cave, right? But those developers first made a game called Battle Garega about a year or two prior, and it was groundbreaking in the number of like bullets and enemies it had on the screen at one time, and the difficulty was really, really high. The developers, they um, they broke off that, and they got together with Manabu Namiki, and they, they formed Cave to create their own brand of like really, really challenging shooter games, and they started with Don Pachi. 
yeah. which means like like stinger or like bullet stinger. So it's all about like uh, like bees and wasps and stuff like that. And then the sequel, Dudonpachi. So Donpachi, or no, Dudonpachi was like I've I've been really really into that one. And then this is the fourth in the series, Dudonpachi Daiojiao Black Label, in which like it wasn't hard enough. So here's another version of the same game, super 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 hard. Um, and it's just it's this is what really like came out and like revolutionized and created the, the Don Maku or bullet hell or bullet curtain style of game. I think it's really cool. Holy crap! I'm uh, this is unprecedented for me, but I'm definitely changing one of my tracks before the end of the episode. Oh, okay, no, that's it's, fine. It's yeah, you go happen. for it. So what that means is that I'm going out of my original order, <laughs> so I can jump ahead. I don't even have your order in front of me, so that's totally fine. <laughs> but yeah, th- these these games are great. Um, they're 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 hard to find in the arcade. Uh, they have one over at the Round One Arcade in Exton, Pennsylvania. Uh, they have Dio Jiao there, which is just punishingly hard. And this is stage one. Stage one is rough, man. I want to play that there things. I didn't. I, I don't. I didn't know they had a sh- any game shooters there. So it's it's also the start of a lot of the um, the original game mechanics that Cave uses a lot. So you have a button for a shot and a button for a bomb. Traditionally in these these shoot 'em up games, the bomb will clear the screen of bullets. But in this game, if you hit the shot button, you tap it, you have like a rapid fire shot. But if you hold it down, you get a controlled, focused, powerful shot, and your ship slows down. And it's kind of like a you lose a lot of that maneuvering power, but at the same time, it's really important to slow down so that you can do a lot of the dodges more uh, with more finesse. Um, finesse. And, yeah, finesse. And also, the scoring in this game is amazing. It has a combo system in which, it, it, as you blow up enemies, it, your your meter goes up, and if you stop blowing up enemies, the meter goes down really, really fast. So you have to constantly be exploding enemies through the game, which is interesting because that means that you have to actually let enemies continue to stay on the screen shooting at you while you're while you're getting enemies ahead of them so that you get like the bigger enemies first and those little enemies are still around you so you're actually to score high in this game you have to play super risky abc always be combusted always be blown up (laughs) (laughs) abs but yeah this is is a fantastic game um definitely if you see it check it out got you gotta play this one it's really great one of the first like cave games i really got into I think this is about to become the cave show. This <laughs> is going down that road. No, my next time, I, I, I had a lot of cave music picked out, and I decided, you know what? I was just going to pick from this one because I really love this song, and I love this game, and I'm just going gonna, gonna to go off from there. So, Well, what I'm going to do then, we can still talk about the other thing we're going to do, that we, the thing you mentioned earlier. But Absolutely, I, yeah, yeah. But I am totally changing that track because you made a comment where I'd feel guilty if I didn't pick this unless we did it on the previous episode, in which case, <laughs> holy cow. You said I made you feel guilty? <laughs> well, not so much guilty, but it's like I realized that that track existed and I didn't have it on my list, and this oh, would wow. be the episode to choose. Like, I can't not do this. This well, is abs- stupid ab- of me. Absolve yourself, Purnell. What is the track? Heavenly Father, please forgive me for I have to choose a track. Um, <laughs> it is from an off-known title. It's one of the cave's main home releases, but of course it came from the arcade. Um, that game is called Death Smiles. Oh, yeah. And the track is called Disturbance of the Lakeshore Village. It is my favorite track from the game. And probably my favorite track from any cave shooter I've ever played.
welcome back. Hope you weren't too disturbed by that change in tempo there. <laughs> that is a Purnell track if I ever heard one. Oh yeah, like I said, if I didn't choose this and this episode ended, I'd have felt really bad. Because this is like the episode for it. Yeah, absolutely. This is this is the one to go with. I didn't realize this was an arcade release. Indeed it was. Typical cavey, baby. Oh, and just to reiterate to folks, Disturbance of the Lakeshore Village, and I don't remember the composer, but I think Rob was able to figure yeah, that one out. Cave, and yeah, still the, the cave composer, classic composer, uh, Manabu Namiki. I'm having a really hard time saying for some reason, Manab- Manabu Namiki. Well, that's good, because we've been, we've been lacking you trying to pronounce Japanese composer <laughs> names for some time now, so I'm glad that you had that moment again. Oh, so glad. But um, like, so this game, I think Cave has... There's, there, there's certain qualities that all cave games share, and there's always a little tweak that makes their games different. Like, of course, Bullet Hell is their big MO, so right. just splashes of stuff. And yeah. this game has a difficulty, like, numeric slider. Yes. So the higher you slide the number, the more crazy bullets come out to the point where enemies explode when you kill them, and they release bullets, oh, which is yeah. just awfully yeah, frustrating. That, that, that's used a lot in um, on, the, on what they call the second loop of um, the, the Don Pachi series, They're the suicide bullets. Oh, okay. So the second loop meaning that if you clear the game on one credit, the second loop is when you get that. Now, I think maybe that's what made this game, like they, they gave you the option from the start. I think that's where the Black Label title comes from too. Yeah, I think so. So yeah, so this this gives you the option ahead of, I think ahead of the stage to pick like the difficulty, right? Yes, yeah, so the beginning of the game as a whole, but you don't have to go through the second loop thing to get it because I guess a lot of people just don't get lucky enough or skilled enough to ever do that. So it's like, hey, you want to suffer early? We give you that chance. Let's go back to this track again because this this is crazy. Is this a boss fight? No, it's just stage. <laughs> you're just, you're flying on. It's really in like a, you're at a village and you're flying through the village and like trains are shooting through with like demons firing oh guns God. at you and there's like carts like and dragons. It's a it's a bunch of lolly girls who can fly, and each one gets a unique bullet pattern because yeah. they have to do that. And it's just they're just fighting crazy gothic demons. It's very <laughs> weird, yet also very supremely good. Yeah. The, 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 one of the draws for me for these bullet hell games is the, the patterns and like the really bright colors. It's, I find them like, it's really beautiful. See, now i got to hook my 360 back because I want to play this tonight. <laughs> this is such a good game, and... I didn't expect to like it. Like, I bought it because being Hyper Collecto Man, I was just like, hey, game by Cave release with a limited edition faceplate. This won't last very long. Yeah, but uh, American release. Yeah, I got a U.S. release. Yeah, North American release. That's insane. I think it may have actually been, don't quote me on this, but I think it was Cave's first U.S. console release that... Oh. That got decent treatment. I, I don't know that, but I, I I did buy Mushihime Sama for the 360, but that's only because like they released all their games region free. Yeah, and I think yeah. you got the European version, didn't you? Yes. No, I got the Japanese version. Oh, was it Japanese? Version? Yeah, oh, definitely. Oh, because I thought that I thought I could have sworn, but I think you're right then, because I know every once in a while it was always like they would have like a, U- a European release where it was right. like, hey, they gave it an English text. Even though the game wasn't actually meant to be played in the U.S., so I was like, "Hey, I can cheat by getting European version and, get, and kill two birds with one stone." But uh, yeah, this game. Actually, I think I need to pose the question now since we're talking about this. This is probably my favorite cave shooter, okay, that I've played. So that makes me wonder, what is your favorite cave shooter? Oh, it's 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 uh, Don Pachi, Do Don Pachi. No oh, doubt. it is Do Don Pachi. Do Don Pachi, no doubt. Not Musahime Sama. No, you know I like it. I like that game a lot, but I find it. Just not as 
I don't know. Maybe it's the fantasy setting. I, I like I like that, but I really like Dudon Pachi. I like I like the combo system. Okay. It really like makes me want to keep playing it over and over again. All right, so my next track, I'm gonna I flip my my uh, my set around too, just to keep the energy up because this 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 track I just discovered it actually this morning. Um, I've never even heard of this game, but I know you have. It's called Mamoru Kun Cursed. Yay! And this track is called Will Force, uh, composed by Yusuke Yasui, and it was developed by G-Rev in 2008. So around the same time as Death Smiles. But this is very different. It's, it's not like the hardcore gothic lolly girls. This is a cute em up <laughs> Well, yeah, I guess yeah, this Death Smiles is no cute em up No. Who am I kidding? <laughs> oh, no, no. But definitely, this is this is one of the most high energy, high energy, awesome tracks I heard today. So check this out. This is Will Force from the game Mamorukun Cursed by Yusuke Yasui. Listening to Will Force from the game Mamoru Kun Cursed by Yusuke Yasui, developed by G Rev. This this oh, this this is what makes me love like shooter music so much. It's just it has like even now like it's, this isn't using like old school hardware and it's not like even like in an old school style. It's all pretty modern sounding, right? Mm-hmm. But it has that specific sound. Like only only these kinds of games have this kind of sound. Like melodies that are like soaring and ah, oh, just so awesome. Like the kind of call and response, and then it's just this keyboard solo. I'm imagining like the guy with like the guitar, like, like yeah, like bending the notes. Oh, I love it. It does have it's a very energetic and fun um, tone to it, and I think it does well match the game in the scope of what it is. Yeah. So this is, it's so this this track it's, it's it's upbeat. It's peppy. It's got a little jazzy to it. So tell me a little bit about this game. It looks like super colorful and cute. Well, you play as a bunch of dead kids. Okay, so expand on that. <laughs> <laughs> I had to say it. Uh, I, uh, 
elaborate for me, if you will. So I don't remember the overall specifics of what they're doing as dead children, but I know that <laughs> your main character like gets hit by a car at the beginning of the game, and he okay. wakes up in this weird world with a bunch of other dead kids, and you have you're shooting through this crazy world. Um, you every character has in typical shooter fashion, you have their different style of bullets that they can shoot, um, and you have the normal gun button. But you also have something called like a curse bomb or a curse bullet. And the weird thing about the curse bullet is it's a multi-functioning attack. You can charge up the shot and hit guys with it to make bullets disappear from the screen and also hurt guys when it connects with them, like the big guys. But it has a side effect when it hits larger guys that it has. It can make them more powerful while they're taking damage. So their bullets might get bigger or they might speed up. Um, crazy things like that, and sometimes it can affect the environment by like making obstacles like slow down or speed up, depending on how it works. Everything reacts differently to the curse bullet, and you can also use the curse bullet That's to a beef cool yourself concept. up. Yeah, I like that idea. Yeah, so it's like they take a very limited thing, but give you multiple ways to use it. So, like you were mentioning earlier about how you get the highest score and progress the best. Yeah, they designed this in a way where it's like there's so much, uh, so many options for that with limited options with the limited things you get. And there's multi-paths in some of the levels. So you oh, might that's a good idea, yeah. Yeah, there's different pathways. And there's also a weird component. I'm not sure if it's a mode or the overall gameplay. I forget. But you can actually choose three characters. And I'll be like, I'll be like I'll be your choose lives. Between, between three characters. No, I mean, you can choose between seven, but you have three of them. So okay. you have the one guy, and if you die, he's gone, and the second guy swaps in. And then when he dies, he's out, and the oh, third person swaps in. I like that. That's a great idea. So each life is actually a different character. That's a great concept, especially since they're already dead. Yeah, exactly. They're, they ain't <laughs> They just go back to the hub and have a soda. Which they should be avoiding. <laughs> it's refreshing when you're dead. <laughs> but you know how they got there, right, Purnell? That's right. Driving cars while high on Coke. Coca-Cola. Coca-Cola. That's right. I went there. Put the soda down. <laughs> no Coca-Cola in driving, kids. <laughs> All right. So, um, do you think maybe uh, one of the bosses in the Purnell shoot 'em up would be a would be a giant Coke bottle? Actually, maybe, maybe like a monster can. Uh, maybe not. But what I would say is, like, I'm already dodging cola throughout the, the levels because they'll give me a, a speed boost, but then they'll make me expand and get slower. And also just kind of get tired when I crash. So clearly a boss would have to be a mega impersonation of, you know, basically negative, you know, a base like a giant monster who just throws negative impulses at you. So it's like, here, have some soda! <laughs> or like, you know, like basically just think of any number of like bad things that you let you want, but you should not have. Yeah, yeah. And he's like trying to hit you with those things. Like, no, I can't do this. So you're like, you're shooting, you're shooting back oh, at him. Hope it explode. Oh, you're avoiding these things, not because like, you know, they'll kill you right away, but they'll kill you eventually. They'll kill you eventually. They're bad habits. <laughs> he attacks you with bad habits oh, and impulses. Great. It's just like, I'm telling you, this game could be great. All right. So what? What's your, what's your next track there? What, All right. wait, I keep saying that. What's your next track? What's your next track there, buddy? Hey, well there, young whippersnapper. Um, no, well, what's I'm your grand, grandpappy track? I'm kind of glad you chose Mamaru Kun Curse, Mamaru because uh, when I was choosing my tracks and I finished, I realized, man, it really would have been nice to go for a land, sea, and air scenario here. Yeah, I mean, we are like DJs. Like we're kind of like tailoring our sets with each other. <laughs> yeah, and due to you picking Mamaru Kun Curse, we definitely hit the land, sea, air bubble here. All right, so where do you want? Going to the sea, baby. All right. Cool. I'm taking this 
Into the Hunt, or rather, In the Hunt. Um, and the track is just called The Channel, and it's the theme for Stage 3. And the composer is one of those wacky, you know, pseudonyms for a name. It's just I-I. I-I. Like the oh. monkey from Super Monkey Ball. Oh, I know this artist. It was so funny. You told me this earlier, but typing it out, I've seen this name many times before. And what's the what's what's the game? End the hunt. End the hunt. Welcome back. You are swimming through the channel in the channel from the game In the Hunt, Stage 3. Not composed by the monkey from Super Monkey Ball. As composed <laughs> by a guy that goes by the name I I. And also, I found Takushi Hayamuta. Now, this game was made by a company called Irem eons ago. Well, that, that name sounds familiar. What else have they done? Honestly, I couldn't even tell you to be perfect. I've seen, I've seen I-R-E-M. There's another example of a studio where they probably made, had their hands in the cookie jar for a lot of games we've played, but then they disappeared out of nowhere, and then there was that. Um, but this game is amazing. I have so little memories of it because I like it. I bought it on the Saturn when it came out. It was back when I first got my Saturn, and I was desperate to find games to enjoy. Yeah, I've never even heard of this one. Oh, this is an interesting little ditty here, actually, because, like, uh, I, first of all, I'm the reason why Electronics Boutique's return policy is so terrible. Um, <laughs> see, back when I was a poor gamer. Do you want to relay the story? I could. It may as well, because <laughs> this is why I don't own the game anymore. Um, basically... EB's policy used to be 10-day returns regardless of the condition of the game so long as you didn't, like, say, spin on it or whatever. So, that means you could play through an entire game in 10 days and return it for a full refund. I did that with this game. I beat it in one sitting because it is a shooter, after all. Six-stage shooter. I beat it in one sitting, 
played through it again and said, crap, this game is stupid short. I'm not keeping this for 50 bucks. Remember when games were $50? Um, <laughs> so I took it back to the store, got a full refund and something else, and kind of forgot about it for years. Like, I mean, I probably returned like five games after that before settling on one, too. Um, so fast forward to the year 2014, actually. All right. I went to the Galloping Ghost Arcade in Illinois, Bow, I think it's Bolingbrook, or just basically right outside of Chicago, and it's one of the suburban towns. And they actually had, which is when I learned that this was an arcade shooter, because they oh, had good. the original cabinet. It had a tank of water at the top. Like, the front-facing marquee had water in it. I, like, like actual water? Yes. That's crazy. It was actual water in there. It was freaking awesome. An yes. awesome cabinet. Would it, would it do anything, or was it just like kind of there to like just kind of be cool looking? Just to look like an, you know, an aquatic tank. You know? It may have been some stuff floating in there, but I was too busy being you know enamored by the flashing lights and glimmer of being a galloping ghost. So I, I got myself a nice, hey, I remember in the hunt. I got to play around to this. So I did, and it was fun again. I enjoyed it. But... I kind of wish I still owned the game, or if I could get, maybe I'll look at it and see if I can find it for like five dollars on eBay. I'm sure it's out there somewhere. Well, this um, this soundtrack, I don't know. I put it to the Saturn. It's interesting to me because this this music is it's like super gritty. It's very like hardcore, um, and that is partly in due to it's using the actually in the arcade using the YM twenty one fifty one sound chip, which is the same used inside the Sega Genesis. Oh, because okay, I didn't even think about that. The moment he mentioned that to me during the break, yeah, I was like, oh. I was like this sounds very, does sound rather Genesee. Now, a lot of arcade games, um, especially in this era, it's it's hard to always find the, the hardware specs for this one. But man, God bless those people on YouTube doing their homework. <laughs> so, this, this, it's, it's, so it's got that definite like FM synth guitar where it's like, almost it's got, you know what? It reminded me of a right away, straight away, and tell me, okay, it's an NES game. I don't want to know what the game is from yeah. NES. Do you have any idea what I'm thinking of? Heck no, there's NES had like a thousand games. Uh, it sounds like Contra. Oh. I guess it kind of yeah, could. Yeah, yeah. Certain levels. Contra, the, um, the, 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 the second, like the little bonus level things. Oh, yeah. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. I know my, I know my base. Base 2 and Base 4. Ace of Base? Ace of Base. <laughs> that level's the best bonus base. All right, my next track is from Ace of Base. He's actually serious. All that she wants is another bear. They actually were brought in to be the composers for the Grandpappy series, but <laughs> they they thought it was too pedestrian for their taste. They, they could they were uh, they felt they were uh, they were um, insulted that they were brought in for the Grandpappy game. You want us to build music you for think this we're geriatric that shooter? Yeah, right. <laughs> the first world's first geriatric shooter. <laughs> that sounds that sounds like a really like weird drink you would get at a bar. I'm about to go try if I can order a geriatric shooter. I have one geriatric shooter. It's gonna come back with like mucilage or something. Oh man, that's hilarious. All right, <laughs> moving on. Anyway, so uh, my last track is from the game Border Down. This is my horizontal scrolling game. Names that name sounds familiar to me. Yeah, it, it was also developed by G Rev in 2003 for the Sega Naomi board, so you know this had a Dreamcast port. Mm. Um, this track is called Bye Bye Mars Take Two, stage from stage three, but this is the alternate version of stage three, and I'll get into more about the weird mechanics of this game, which uh, a little that I know about it. Composed by Yasuhisa Watanabe, also going by the pseudonym Yak. So, yak it up. This is Border Down, Stage 3.
This is Bye Bye Mars, Take Two, which is the Stage 3 alternate music from the game Border Down, composed by by Yasuhisa Watanabe, also known as Yak. Um, Yak doing a lot of music for the um, G-Rev games and some other Sega uh, uh, shooter titles released on the Dreamcast. Now, it is irking me because he mentions this. He goes, Border Down. I'm like, I play Border Down. And I go to look and try to stick up some images of it and all. And I'm thinking this is the game where the final boss is the floating mecha robo space baby. But <laughs> no, I this don't is... think it is. And I don't. now it's irking me because the ships look familiar. Their attack patterns look familiar. But it's not. It's eluding me. Like yeah, it's, This is a very serious like looking like space shooter. But this music is just, oh, it is so good, so good. It makes you, it makes you, it makes the, makes you feel comfortable as you explode things. It's, <laughs> I know, right? You're, but, a, you're a comfy killer. We were talking about, like, especially when the horn comes in at the end, the trumpet solo, like, oh my god! And then the, oh, this section here with the, with the piano and the bass. See, oh, uh, uh. it's kind of got an odd thought to it because I mean, you pick. We were just talking about earlier how like it's awesome when you play these shooters. They have these energetic, you know, pulse pounding tracks. Yeah. So now, and of course, if you're if, a, if you think about a person in the cockpit who's trying to get to the zone, I can picture them playing. You know, he's blowing everything up to get to the end. But can you picture a guy in a spaceship? Off to save the galaxy, adversaries <laughs> all around him. And you guys, he zoom in and he's listening to this. He's just like tapping his foot. For me, it kind of works. It reminds me of like Cowboy Bebop, like that kind of like just feeling good flying through the air. Like it's just, I don't know. Yeah, you're, you're like a heroic dandy shooter. I love it. I, I to me, like the uh, the 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 complicated like rhythm. And all of the different like keyboard solos and the bass and the drums, like all of that, like kind of like fitting together, reminds me of like the complicated bullet patterns in the game. I'm really it. stretching for this one for now. No, I don't actually. I don't think you're too far off the pace because I also started thinking about how far, how far in the other direction could you possibly go, and that would be probably like ballet or classical music. So I could picture a guy clearly going to town on space rogues. While listening to like you know like you know some sort of like a track from Bach or some nice ballet track, I don't know anything of any ballet composers, but I just know like Swan Lake just blowing up things in space. <laughs> Swan Lake, um, it I can see that working totally. So this is like the middle ground, I guess, like from hard rock to yeah. ballet. Well, one of the one of the main why the re- the reason why the, the title of this track is so long. One of the main um, uh, uh, things of this things. What the gimmick of the game? One of the, the one of the main mechanics of the game was they call it border down because as you play through the stage, you can actually adjust and affect the difficulty of the stage as you play through it. And there's different music. What while you play through it? Yeah, there's like three or four different like difficulty levels called borders. And as you approach each border, things get more difficult and things change. And yeah, that's how you change the 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 path as you go through the game and the music changes and it's just it's fantastic so wait we're saying so there's like let's say there's like four borders so like border green border yeah exactly yeah, yeah. and you can say okay i want border red which would clearly be the hardest border to be at the beginning yep. of the stage which happens as you play so at least if you so if you go border blue to be the last part that makes the boss probably easier could be, yeah, it could be, but then your score is probably also lower, and maybe you go through a different path also. Interesting. Yeah, it's really. I, I again, I haven't played this one, but reading through it, it's got me really interested. And this music, I don't even know if I want to play it. I just want to get the soundtrack. Makes me wonder if this is main cable. 
I'm, uh, probably, probably. I mean, there's a Dreamcast port, so I could probably find it there too. Because yeah, now this needs to be experienced. I wouldn't mind trying. That's a cool gimmick for a game. Actually, yeah, really, really cool. All right, I'm gonna bring this track down because I think it's about time we get into the bonus round. Pew, 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 bonus round. The bonus round is the part of the show where we play covers and remixes based on today's theme. Today's theme is arcade shoot-'em-ups. Purnell, you have the board. Put me on put me on blast there, didn't you? Well, I absolutely did. <laughs> well, I want to hear I want to hear what you found. Well, I honestly was struggling with this because believe it or not, this has been quite the hectic week. So I was proud to be able to find all the tracks for the show proper, but that remix was just kind of eluding me. And then Rob goes why not Gradius? I'm like, because Gradius wasn't in the arcade, you fool. And he goes, no, you fool. <laughs> you fool. It was definitely in the arcade. Pretty and then I had to, after, after finishing up my hat and crow, I decided to go look for some remixes done from the Gradius games. And I came across a pretty solid one, I think. It goes by a guy with the handle of Parn. Pern, Parn, hey. Oh, I like that. Yeah, yeah. And the track is just called Perfect Selection. It's from the first Gradius. So, Gradius, Gradius, whichever, you know. Whatever or nemes- nem- Nemesis. Numesus. Nemesis. Nemesai. Nemes- Nemesord. Nemesis. <laughs> <laughs> so, the track is called Perfect Selection, and it's by the composer Porn. Like, wow, why is this episode three hours long? And we're just like, Nemesol. <laughs> well, there it is. Sometimes you just got to mispronounce a few things. That's just how it goes. Yeah. You got to break a few eggs, mispronounce a few words. Mm, eggs. <laughs> Go for some eggs.
Welcome back. I hope you enjoyed that track because we sure as heck did. Perfect selection by Parn, remixed for the game Gradius. That was like a mega toe tapper. It was great. Like it, I was, I quoted commented to Rob. I was like, it sounded like he took it and gave it a sound reminiscent of the Turbo Graphics sixteen. Yeah, it was like, it was, a, it was a great remix in that like he like he arranged it, but like on similar sounding hardware, but like cleaner. I, I really liked that sound. It was bright. It was fun. Had a lot of emotion behind it. It was good. Makes me want to come up, just find a bunch of cheerful music going forward. Just to, <laughs> Maybe that could be an episode thing. That'd be hard to do. Though. Well, we did do a party music episode. We can do another one. Huh? All right. Party hard, too. We did the party music and then the chill music. <laughs> <laughs> I'd be happy to do one of those again. Yes. It might have to happen. So, yeah. Yeah. Big ups, Parn. Great track. All right. So, my track, um, cheating a little bit, as I do. Dun, dun, dun. On the bonus round. Um, this is from a, a remix album. A... Uh, 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 official release arranged remix album for the game Mushihime-sama or The Bug Princess. Um, this is called Shinju Heading to the Forest, the arranged version um, from the uh, arranged remix album called The Secret Lover. Uh, originally, that's what they are. <laughs> that's what they are. Originally composed by Manabu Namiki, the cave, mm. and Masaharu Iwata, the secret lovers. <laughs> Try so hard to find. Um, arranged by Mitsuhiro Kaneda, Masahiro Iwata, Manabu, uh, Manabu Namiki, and Kimihiro Abe. But you'll also know the name um, Masaharu Iwata. Oh, there's a whole lot of secret lovers going on well, with this. Well, Masaharu Iwata also worked on Grim Grimoire. Oh! Yeah. There we are. And if it's the same Iwata that I'm thinking of, also worked with... Um, Hitoshi Sakamoto on Ogre Battle. Oh, that song is in my head like, but they both compose with someone else, <laughs> but they can't let go. That's what they hear. That's awesome. And it sounds so real, but it's so right. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, this, this is going back on the jazzy chill tip. This is Shinju heading to the forest from the game Mushihime-sama, the remix album, The Secret Lover. <laughs> what they this are. goes out to all the lovers out there. <laughs> <laughs> In secret. In secret. Shh.
listening to Shinju Heading to the Forest, which is a arranged version of the first stage music from the game Mushihime-sama. And what I discovered was the um, the title of this arrangement is called The Secret Lover. And The Secret Lover is actually the name of a DVD series that a company puts out of just gameplay of like really high-level footage of the game. And so they released the DVD of like different game modes for all the stages with actually the hands playing the game along with the original soundtrack and arranged versions of the soundtrack from like the legit sound teams. It's really cool. I'm wondering where their name come from. Is it because are you a lover of secrets? You know, I honestly don't know much about the story of the game, so it could be related to the game itself. That's possible. Um, but yeah, I thought that was really interesting to find out. Yeah, and honestly, the track itself was just superb. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I really, really liked it. Really, again, really chill. I love that weird little, like, vocal thing, like, like kind of like right after the end of each um, chorus, where it was, whoop, 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 whoop. <laughs> I, I can't even make that noise. And so more, for more information on the artists in the bonus round part of the show, go to rhythmandpixels.com, and we'll have links to their band camp, sound clouds, and everywhere else you can grab their music. Jam on it. Jam on it. Well, thank you for joining us today. The Rhythm and Pixels Video Game Music Podcast, Episode 7-5, Our Salute to the Arcade Shoot-em-Ups. And what an episode. I I came in not thinking I was prepared for squat and that Rob was going to do the steamroll and give me the stare like, man, this is, what are you doing leaving this boring episode? No, but, but instead you came in and you brought like the classics. It was like, this was a good time. Yeah, good picks, good picks. Actually, this is some, some of my favorite music. Um, some of my favorite video game music comes from these games, and I, I just love listening to it. So it's been a great opportunity to do it. And I could tell because you were no slouch yourself, sir. Thank you. Thank you. Um, I don't know if we have any uh, future future topics picked out. So if you can think of any, why don't you give us a contact at our email. Email us at our contact email. <laughs> why don't you email us at... Rhythm and Pixels like, What are you waiting for? That's awesome. If you'd like more information about the show or a full track listing, go to the website. RhythmandPixels.com Check us out on Twitter. Our Twitter handle is Rhythm underscore N underscore Pixels. Or find us on Facebook or Instagram or everywhere else. Rhythm and Pixels, all one word. Rhythm and Pixels coming to the checkout. Come give us some cool suggestions. Yeah, yeah, let us know. Um, like we, we do this every week because we just love music, we, and we love this music. Um, and we will just we're gonna keep doing this for as long as we can. I hear here to that man. Um, but if you're feeling generous, go over to uh, Patreon.com/slash RhythmandPixels. Um, any any little bit you can do will help us out. You know, if you can't, that's no problem. We are here for you. We're here for you every week. And also for ourselves, because I'm selfish. I'm, I'm, I gotta be here for Pernell. <laughs> you better be, because if you're not, I'm going You're here for us. I'm here for him. Because <laughs> if he's not, I'm going to start drinking soda. The Rhythm and Pixels Pernell <laughs> Therapy Hour. <laughs> <laughs> so I gotta talk about my childhood for a minute. It's, just, it's like music therapy, though, right? Honestly, it really is. Yeah. I got here feeling like utter canned corn crap. It's been a rough week. 
It really has. And out of nowhere, kapoo! The pixels, let's talk about pew-pews. And well, yeah, the, the music of this game is super... Like, it's got so much energy to it, you know? It's so much fun. Like, there's no way you can't feel bad with this music. You really can't. You really, really can't. And quite frankly, I, I this isn't even bringing back memories because I... It had the only bad part about it was like the guy I played it with ultimately robbed my house. But before he did that, what a rough story. It was a rough tale. But before that event happens, he introduced me to this game on the Turbo Graphics, and it was an awesome game. I feel like I, I remember so little about it. Like I remember, I feel like you could buy stuff at a, a shop to power up your ship, and I always like that about shooters where you can actually upgrade your ship with like, yeah, purchasing yeah, like, stores. Like upgrades in between stages and stuff is always cool. So. so Honorable mentions for today's show. I cannot believe we didn't play from Twinkle Star Sprites. It is written on my sheet here. <laughs> oh, is it? Yeah, I was going with either the forest stage or the memory level where you're shooting a bunch of cupcakes and candy and cookies and such. Oh, wow. Man. A very odd set of enemies on that stage. Very cool. A very different type of game, but I think it would definitely would have fit in the show. Even oh, though yeah. it's a technically a puzzle game, sort of. Yeah, but I feel like as well as kids where I was like, I was like, okay, I could pick Twinkle Star Sprites. But that could also end up in like a free, like a like a wild card episode. Yeah. But I don't think I can't think of too many people that have heard of Ordine or In the Hunt these days. Yeah, like, I've never heard of In the Hunt. Um, also, my one of my uh, backups, uh, Ketsui, another cave game, oh. uh, produced after uh, Don Junpachi, and again a Mushihime Sama Futari, which was the sequel released. So just because they couldn't be any harder. There you go. <laughs> See, now I'm sex. I kind of want to come up with an excuse to pick a topic that can incorporate a game called Hypervoid that I played recently, but I got to think of how I can jimmy that in well, with the topic. Work. Well, let's work it in next week. Oh, we can figure that out. Might have to happen. All right. You've been listening to the Rhythm and Pixels video game music podcast. My name is Rob Nichols. And I'm Pernell. Have a great week, and we'll see you next Monday. And remember... Obviously, you clearly can't stop the scroll of the ship. It's going to keep going no matter what you decide to do, left to right. You may not always collect all the power-ups. You may not always get all the enemies or score all the points. But this important is that you enjoy the ones you collect and you put them to the best use possible because the journey is going to get to an end point eventually and you want to be able to remember it finally. And, of course, you want to get a high score, but, you know. You know, it doesn't have to be the highest score. Just something nice. Just something to shoot for. Something to shoot for. Ah, nice! Oh, hey. <laughs> that was nice! Oh. Something to shoot for. Bam. <laughs> da, 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 da. Pew, pew! All right. That was dead. <laughs>